Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long for the month of May, we are talking about being mindful and specifically taking better care of ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, but to really give ourselves a break and and reflect on the fact that we all need all the help that we can get just to make sure that we know how to take care of ourselves. And my guest today does something very unique for people. So Dr. Tracy Moreno is a clinical and forensic psychologist. She has 17 years of experience and believe me, she's done her years of experience in some tough places. She's worked as a therapist at inpatient residential facility for severely mentally ill criminally criminal defendants. She's worked as a senior psychology at a maximum security prison in Los Angeles County. And she's been the director of mental health services for a community clinic before she decided herself, maybe it was time to slow down a little and bring her passions for spirituality, nature, animals, and fitness into her psychology career. So today she owns Free Spirit Coaching and Psychological Services in Cave Creek, Arizona. And after taking a look at uh, some of the things that she has to offer, I'm like ready to uh, book my time there right now. Her practice sits on a beautiful two-acre property with mini donkeys, Zen garden, garden gazebos, and those actually serve as their offices. She collaborates with other providers and incorporates equine-assisted therapy, spiritual coaching, Reiki, sound healing, Thai massage, and yoga into her treatment plans, which is why I definitely need to get there. And it also provides customized retreats. So joining me today is Tracy, and I cannot wait to learn more about what you are doing uh, out there in Cave Creek. So thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. What a wonderful place. And right before we started taping, I was telling you that I got away for the weekend with some great friends up in the mountains and we all needed it. We took a three hour hike in the mountains and, you know, it was just brisk and cool and quiet. And all of us um, just kept saying, oh, we needed this so badly, just that time away and to be in nature and to be moving your body. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what this is, you know, this, this kind of dream paradise that you've put together. Tell me about it, a little bit about how it came about and how you use this whole uh, opportunity to help people to shock their potential. Okay. Well, it's, working in when you were talking about my history and working with the prison and working at the community clinic. And I just, it came to a point where I realized that if I had to spend one more day trapped in an office all day long with, with none of those, with none of the nature and the animals and the spirituality and things like that, that I was definitely going to need a therapist myself. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how the concept for free spirit coaching was born. And we searched for a property just for that very reason. And we've just been building and building and expanding from there. It's been amazing. And one of our, besides the outdoor approach, we also have another objective of treating the whole person, mind, body, and spirit, which is why I contract with other providers and they come to the property and they provide in-person services here. 
And it's been amazing. We've found such progress in clients and them just reaching their potential a lot faster than you would at, you know, coming to an office. Yeah. Well, and it's a great point too, just thinking about, you know, if you were reaching the point where you're like, I can't sit here in an office anymore and not find my own piece that, yeah. you know, thinking about, you know, I've seen counselors throughout my life and some of them have been in really nice, you know, offices, but you're still walking in an office building. It's right. not the same kind of ability to let your guard down or to be able to relax yeah. and truly breathe. So I can, I can imagine how this environment is much more conducive for people really not having to take so long to kind of open up or unburden themselves. A hundred percent. We are able to build rapport. We always say we're like, we build a family here. We are very close with our clients. They feel like they have a bigger support system because there's multiple providers as their treatment team. And it's, mm -hmm. it's very comfortable, especially for teens. They are much more, um, they let their guard down a lot quicker. They're much more open, you know, because you're definitely not going to find pantsuit and heels here. I mean, we're <laughs> mostly in, you know, yoga pants. Sometimes I'm even in my socks, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, that's just the norm here. And then people, after the first session, people start coming in there in their workout clothes and, and comfy clothes as well. And I always say, you know, emotions are uncomfortable enough as it is. So we need to be as comfortable as possible. Oh, that is so true. Emotions are uncomfortable enough as they are. I agree. I'm writing yeah. that one down. <laughs> <laughs> so do people come for a day, a week, you know, a month? Like what's, well, we do, what are the, the opportunities? A lot of people come um, weekly or every other week or something like that. We have, depending on the other providers that they see, sometimes we'll rotate. So they could see me one week and then maybe our spiritual coach one week and then maybe the mindful movement coach another week. Some, um, depending on the severity and how quickly we need to get them to a place of good functioning, they could see maybe three of us in the same week and do that. And then we gradually um, stream it down from there. Uh, we also do retreats. So people could actually come and do, you know, a couple days worth of full services, uh, treatment options from all of us combined. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think coming out of um, a pa pandemic, it's going to be really interesting to see how we all come out the other side. Because one thing I think that people have been so much more open to discuss the, the solitude, the loneliness, the fear, you know, I think that we're, we're as a society, we're using our words better to convey this emotional trauma that everybody has been in. But I just wonder how much more we need this kind of environment that you're creating after the pandemic, when people feel like they can begin to emerge and then they have to start processing it because, you know, for some people who haven't moved about much in the world, just moving about in the world again, I think is going to be incredibly stressful. We uh, probably the, our clients tripled during, um, during COVID and during over the summer. And it's been, it's been a really hard time for people. Um, some people didn't even want to leave their house. I mean, mm -hmm. I know this is a, a, a sensitive topic for everyone in different ways. Um, but 
I personally felt like this was the time when people needed us the most and that the in-person sessions were needed the most. And we had the ability to do that being that we were outside and we could social distance and we could provide you know, that safety at least. So we never stopped seeing people in person and it was amazing. And people were just kind of flooding to us because they needed it so badly. Yeah. And the anxiety just went through the roof with people. You know, everybody was scared for different reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it's been, and the good thing, and of course, I, I understand this isn't a good thing, but in what we do too here and with a spiritual approach, we always try to find the silver lining in, you know, a bad situation. So if we are to do that, I think what, it, what this pandemic did do is it, everything that was functional beforehand was we were all pushed to a limit of being unfunctional and all of those things that we were like barely holding on to became so apparent that they came to the yeah. surface and i think that's a great thing as long as people used that to say you know what i need to i need to deal with this yeah. i need to really take that time and all of a sudden people had the time yeah so we yeah. were all you know and so people just started working on stuff and had we not had that time, people would have still been just struggling along, carrying that baggage with them the rest of their lives. Right. Well, I agree. And I think it's, like I said, I think it's been amazing how we are much more comfortable as a society about talking about um, depression and anxiety and, you know, kind of these feelings of overwhelm that people who would have never even discussed those things are more likely to not only maybe discuss it about themselves, <clears throat> but at the very least discuss it as, as an issue, you know, that's facing other people that they know and care, and care about. And, you know, as we try and continue to break down the stigmas of, you know, seeking help and support, um, I think it's, you're right there. There's such great opportunity. Um, yeah. One, one thing I think that, um, that I've always, I guess I, I do because I have a cat, you know, so, and then of course I have my yoga dog, whatever, but <laughs> animals to me are very, you know, soothing that way too. So you have a, a number of different ways that you incorporate animals in your whole experience there. So what made that so important and what are, what are some of the things that, you know, people are gaining from those experiences? Well, it's scientifically proven that just being in the presence of an animal it lowers our heart rate. It releases like all the happy chemicals in our brain. It calms us down. It's, you know, it's just so beneficial for us and it's just immediately disarming. I mean, I can have, um, you know, a client come in who's just so guarded and, you know, their wall is just so up and so thick and they come into the mini donkeys or we also have a little uh, therapy dog and the dog will jump into their lap and they're like, mm. oh my God, you know, all of a sudden they're doing baby talk and they're, you know, their guard is just completely down. And it's so, it's so helpful. And it's so nice to see because you see, you get a glimpse of who that real person is mm -hmm. before life got them down. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's amazing. I still want to go do goat yoga, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I don't really want to be doing yoga and goat poop. So it's <laughs> probably the only thing that's we kept me back. We have outdoor yoga and some of the, some of the clients were asking, can you let the donkeys in this area where we're doing yoga? And I was like, well, you know, cause they're right at the gate. And so they're like watching everybody. So I think that's close enough <laughs> for that very reason. <laughs> There's some really severe repercussions to Sounds that. Sounds great in theory. 
<laughs> I know it's always been I thought wouldn't it be cute if that little goat is up on top of you and then I'm like I know what little goats do when they're standing on top of things oh, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as it's not as nice as it sounds I know exactly <laughs> well, whenever they show it on tv you're like oh that looks so great yeah. I just uh-huh. don't know how that would work <laughs> yeah <laughs> well great well um one last question before we take a yeah. break um, and I kind of alluded to this before uh, that I, this is just a theory on my part and I'd love your input on this is that I've been watching people. So when I, uh, my husband and I spent like four months in Florida this fall, never had done that before. It was so wonderful because there, you know, there weren't the same restrictions as in my big city. There was a lot more open space. Restaurants are open, you know, because they're so much more uh, conducive to, um, you know, outdoor spaces. So, you know, you didn't have the same concerns and it was a real refreshing thing. But before we left, I'd say that when you walk down the street, probably maybe 40% of people were wearing masks all the time and the other 60 were not. And that was in mid-October. We got back and 95% of people were wearing masks. And if I went out running and didn't wear a mask, man, I get evil eyes. You know, people will, you know, even if you cross the street for them, they are crossing the street, you know, so far away and glaring at you. I had somebody yell at me once, whether you're a mask wearer or not, um, which is really not my point with this, is that I, I see this, most of their reactions I know were from extreme fear. So, you know, now, I mean, even I, if I see somebody coming down the street, mask or not, me mask or not, I will give them leeway just because I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and cross next to them. But I have this sneaking suspicion that when we even get to the point where they say, you know, all of us or as many of us who can or want to have the vaccine and all the levels are down, I feel like this is going to be some PTSD. Like there's going to be a sense of being very afraid to be physically close to people that you don't know, or even that you do know, you know, what, what's your thought on that? This is just my own like psychological speculation. You're, you're absolutely right. It's already happening. I mean, we just in our small little city, um, we've had several suicides of teenagers and even younger, and it is horribly sad. We, I recently put together a, uh, a teen equine program. It was a four week program and I don't want to be the one to say you can't wear masks, but it was part of, it was encouraged to think for yourself and do what you thought was best. We could, we were able to socially distance. And part of the thing was getting the kids together socially and Mm -hmm. being able to um, interact that way without hiding. Like you're literally hiding behind the mask. Yeah. And, you know, literally and figuratively. So, Mm -hmm. and it was interesting how the donkeys uh, responded to the people who had a mask and who didn't have a mask. Interesting. You know, so they responded obviously better to the people that don't, that didn't have a mask. And I would, they were pulling them through an obstacle course. And the two kids that did have a mask on, they wouldn't, they wouldn't budge for them at all. And I had said, it it dawned on me that these two were the only ones with with the mask on. And I said, you know, if you guys are comfortable, you know, maybe take it off and see if they react differently. And I, you know, and I encouraged, I was like, if you're not comfortable, that's okay. But so they did. And the donkeys moved right through the, the obstacle course. It was, it was pretty yeah. amazing. 
And that's how we respond. Donkeys reflect our behavior, just like horses and donkeys, equines. That's why they're used in therapy. And it's, it's interesting. Isn't that, that is really interesting. I mean, that would, that would make a really incredible story, a study, um, because you're right, because we miss so many facial cues and, you know, I like how everybody says, yeah, you can still smile behind the mask and, you know, you can kind of see, but sometimes trying to smile looks like alarm. And I'm just afraid that we're going to have a real difficult time, um, coming back to socialize with strangers, um, because of, of elements of fear. And it, I I mean, only time is going to tell, but I think, you know, it's not like we're going to have everybody vaccinated and magically we're all going to walk out of this and say, okay, great. It's just as good as what it was in 2020, you know, February of 2020 before the world changed. I just don't think we're going to have that. For us, um, in our age group, I think that people can, people will be able to bounce back a little bit quicker. Although there are people that the anxiety did go through the roof. There is definitely going to be PTSD. There's a lot of loss of hope and, 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 you know, just generalized fear in a lot of different areas. I think it's a smaller percentage in the more adult population. Mm -hmm. The teen population and younger is the, is, you know, the, the population that I'm most concerned about because they don't have, they're in a developmental stage right now where they're learning how to be social on social cues and function socially. So, and they're missing this. Yeah. And then the intense amount of hope of like, of not being able to, you know, even be in um, sporting events, going to sporting events, participating in sporting events or clubs or, you know, going to even graduation. I mean, I in, in June, the, the loss of hope that I saw with teens coming for treatment was, it was, it was heartbreaking. Oh, I even had exactly. some college kids that mm-hmm. were like, I did all of this and I can't even, I can't even graduate. I can't even celebrate with my family. They can't even can't have, have a party. A- yeah, can't have a transition of a major milestone in your life. Yeah, and you know, life is filled with a lot of difficult things. We go through so many challenges and struggles in life that these small moments in between where we can actually celebrate an accomplishment because we mm-hmm. fail way more than we succeed, right? Yeah. So when and then that is taken away, yeah. It's devastating to people. And then they find and then they lose hope and they say, "Well, what's the what's the point?" What's the point? If I can't even celebrate these accomplishments, what's the point in even trying to earn them? Right. That's true. And I think that's such a great reminder for parents out there um, or people that know, uh, you know, have people they care about with young people in their lives that that this is a time for us to be even more vigilant and, and keep our eyes open and have better dialogues because there's a lot of silent suffering. Quality of life is just as important as, say, quantity or um, our safety. It has to be, it has to be a balance. I agree. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group LLC is a leadership change management and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, AKA consultants throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. 
One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5MLS6 and enter the code RESIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we're back with Tracy Moreno. And I I so agree um, with what you're saying is that, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to have so much more heightened awareness, especially the young people in our lives. Uh, But you know, anyone around us. I, you know, I, I have friends that I know are struggling a great deal, um, you know, with all of everything that's going on. And frankly, the, the idea of the vaccines, they're, they're still not trusting that that's going to take us out of this situation. So it's really interesting. And I, I always say, you never know what goes on behind anybody else's four walls, especially the four walls in their noggin, because we all have triggers. We all have paths. We, you know, pasts. we all have, things that are, you know, our own little silent, you know, uh, things that we deal with. But, you know, my real hope for this month and and the focus of this podcast is to remind us all that taking good care of ourselves mentally is, is something that we can and should do. And that if we continue to practice it, it will build up strengths in us as well. So, you know, what are your, what are your takeaways for making sure that my listeners and viewers are really able to say, okay, I can have some positive impact on my mental health situation. Well, like I was alluding to before, I think you can take this opportunity and and take advantage of it to see really what areas you do need to work on and go ahead and approve those areas because, you know, and I think you said earlier, a lot of people who would never have normally come to therapy ended up coming to therapy and a lot of them feel weak. It feels like a weakness to them to, to come to therapy or to ask them, ask for help. And you got to think to yourself, it took, it took zero courage and strength to avoid, you know, asking for help and avoid coming to therapy, Mm -hmm. but it takes so much. That was much harder to make the call, get the appointment and come in and confront all these things that you've been trying to avoid within you for so long. So Mm -hmm. it takes an incredible amount of strength to, to come and work through this stuff. I agree. And I think too, you know, I was thinking about you having retreats and, you know, another element that we haven't really dealt with as a society yet is how companies come back together because Mm -hmm. so many people then have been removed from their, their working environment, their team, you know, they may still be working remote or there may be a lot of anxiety if they know they have to return to an in-person working situation. And I think that there's an incredible, not only opportunity, but need for teams to find new ways. You know, we always talk team building as if it's, you know, some fancy extra thing, but I think team building is going to be, you know, if you've got one person coming back to the office and they're deathly afraid of coming back to the office, that's going to affect the team. And you you know, people might ostracize them or vice versa. If you're too, you know, comfortable with everything, you may be making other people uncomfortable. We, I think that something like this, a retreat in that format could really help teams to understand how to come back together and take care of each other a little bit better too. 
Right. That's true. That's a really good point. I hadn't even yeah. thought about the, the, the work aspect of it yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think that's going to be a whole new dynamic, you know, and, and as businesses are starting to open up again, you know, the, the one question I keep hearing from people over and over is, do I have to come back? What if I don't want to come back and work in the office? And part of it, some of it's fear and some of it's, you know, comfort working from home or not having a commute. But I think that, you know, that there's this underlying, you know, challenge of how do you make teams be effective when you're working remotely? It's a completely different environment. I think the the face of the the work office is going to change drastically now anyway I think a lot of it is going to they're going to be working from home probably permanently now I think a lot of businesses are going to take advantage of that Mm -hmm. and it could be it could I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um, because I think it might give greater job satisfaction for people to be more Mm -hmm. available to their families and to have more of that flexibility so that might be a good thing yeah. And I was just thinking when you were talking about that, why I hadn't maybe thought of the work aspect of it. And I think, cause I'm here in Arizona and I'm actually from Florida. So the two places that I've, I've been this past year were not, they were a little, they were more open and flexible. So it's, but I see what you're saying in some of these other states where it's been so strict and you've been so limited that it is going to be a, a big transition for people. Yeah. I know that my husband's office in downtown Philadelphia, they've been, you know, remote for, I think like a year from today, actually, this may be the day. And, um, and they're, you know, they're looking at probably going back in June, but there's still a lot of anxiety with his team. And, and, you know, I get it, you know, there's, everybody's got their own, you know, way they've got to process this. But it can be challenging when you need to have a team also work effectively as a team. And I think in the last year for every people who've been working remotely, there's just been a lot of band-aids to try and get through. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of ways to work remotely very, very effectively. But I don't, I think that because everybody wanted it to be over and believed it might be over sooner than it would, that we just almost push that to the back burner. So yeah. even thinking about new hires, not getting a full sense of being a part of a team when they've never even been into the company headquarters. Right. That's actually a situation that I've had a couple of clients in where they did start a new job in this, in the past year. And they were saying they were unsure of even, you know, cause everything's through like email and zoom and even connecting and figuring everything out. And ha- so definitely that's, that's going to be an issue for new hires. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been fascinating. I love, I love what you're doing and uh, I'm serious. I, if I email you one day, I'm like, I'm coming. <laughs> Come out. <laughs> I'll just say I'm coming for a day. Love Take to care of you. <laughs> and I know we'll have uh, your contact information on our show notes. I know you have minimal contact information because it's very important to you that you are not engaged in social media. I know that's something that you encourage yes. your clients to to do as well. Um, yes. But we'll we'll tag you in all of our social media things. So we'll get you <laughs> okay. In case somebody wants to look at, look you up, what's the best way for them to find out about uh, about your lovely place? Uh, we have a, our website, freespiritcoaching.org. We also, my, our business phone number is 480-220-0020. And our email is freespiritcoaching at aol.com. Yes. Very AOL. good. 
<laughs> AOL, like, is that still a thing? Of course, I still have a Hotmail address that uh, I've had forever. And my son's like, mom, that is so I old school. AOL. <laughs> I'm like, I send everything to Hotmail because then I know it's junk mail, right? <laughs> uh, Tracy, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Don't ignore reality. Mm-hmm. Deal with what's there because it's just all we do is carry it with us as baggage. And, you know, we start with one thing. A year later, we have five things, 10 things, 20 things, and it just weighs us down so much. It's just much, much easier. People think it's easier to avoid, but it's actually much easier to just take that time and deal with whatever you're having to deal with in that moment, process your feelings, heal from it. And then you can release that baggage. You don't have to carry it with you for the rest of your life and get help. Like we're human beings. We're, we're made up of so many emotions at any given time. And we're, we're about human connection. So getting help from other people is normal. It's natural. And we shouldn't, nobody should have to suffer alone. I agree. I love it. Tracy, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's incredible, valuable information. And I know people are going to want to check out what you've got going on. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.